Hey, I'm Wyatt Welch, and you're listening to Echo Talk. Well, hello there. It's me, Wyatt Welch, your host of Echo Talk. Welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to have you here. It's currently 11.23 p.m., and I'm wide awake, ready for ever whatever's coming out of my mouth. And can't you tell we're already off to such a great start here? Okay, I don't want to waste any time, so let's get some shoutouts. Let's get some shoutouts here. First off, goes to my friend Abby. She's currently catching up on all my episodes of Echo Talk. So hello, Abby. It was nice to see you at Hobby Lobby. She ran up and we got to hug each other. She's been my kindergarten buddy. So thank you for listening to Echo Talk. It makes me so happy to hear that. Another shoutout will go to my mom and my aunt because they both did a party for my grandma. We did kind of like a a living funeral for my grandma. So uh, if you don't know, my grandma's nearing the end of her life, and we've all been preparing for it as best as we can. And instead of doing a funeral, she decided that she wanted to do a party, a celebration. So we all dressed up in Kentucky Derby style clothing, had a great old time, and she said it felt like a fairy tale. So it was really it was really cool to have that. My mom and aunt really did a great job preparing all of that. So shout out to them. I also have to tell you, with as much dismay and as much pain as it hurts me, I got my first negative review on Echo Talk. Yep, 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 yep. Right there in the podcast notes. You can go check it out and see it. It's a little hurtful, a little sad. Are you there yet? Are you seeing it? Just kidding. I didn't. I just fooled you. So hopefully you're at the spot where you can write a review now for Echo Talk and say how much you love this show and how much you love listening every week. Because if I gotcha, you owe me a review there. Can I just say I am dreading the day of when I do get a negative review? I might have to recluse into my home for a good little solid minute and take some time to really recuperate and rethink my life. Especially, okay, here's what I'll say. I'm glad I haven't gotten a negative review right now because the past couple of weeks, I feel like I've really been struggling with my self-confidence and I don't know what it is. I, I think it might just be a, a shift in the stars, a, a change in the tide pools of my life. There's just something about my confidence this past couple of weeks that has been really off, which is not normal for me. I'm usually a very confident person. I don't tend to, to think too much about what others think of me or worry too much, but I think it might just be because there's so much new change in my life right now that it's something I'm kind of struggling with. So just putting that out there. I'm working on it. Maybe I need to do another We're Not Really Strangers episode with myself to connect more with me, to gain my confidence back. Oh, also, again, shout out to my friend Maddie, because she did see me go through it the other night as I sat and cried and asked her to hold me. And another little shout out here, I don't ask to be held by very many people. That's just something that I, I don't know, it's it's something very personal to me. This is taking a weird turn, and I hate that it's in the first three minutes, but oh well. Uh, Maddie is someone that I can ask to hold me. So thank you, Maddie. I appreciate you. I appreciate all your love that you show me. Anyways, diverting back from the weird beaten path. Let's get into the pyramid for this week. Drum roll, please. The pyramid of celebrity zombie apocalypse team. That's right. You heard it first here, folks. I'm going to be ranking the celebrities that I would want with me in a zombie apocalypse team. And I took a lot of thoughtful planning into this. And there's not, there's a couple celebrities that everyone might choose to put on their list, but I also guarantee there's a couple celebrities that you would not have even thought of. So we have to start out this week's pyramid with the very bottom, the worst celebrity to have on your celebrity pyramid guest list. And I also want to clarify this. I did not choose song writers, musicians, or like political figures, I'd say, because 
I feel like there's a lot more thrown in. I need to narrow it down. And I know that one of these might be considered a musical person, but I don't see him as a musical person. And that's starting us off with the bottom tier, wah wah, Kanye West. Sorry, but I don't want him on my team. I don't think anyone wants him on their team. Maybe Beyonce, because apparently he stands up for her, but he did my girl Taylor dirty at the VMAs. I think that's what it was. And I'm not forgotten. So I, I also, okay, that was just a stupid reason. I just had to throw that in there. But also, I feel like Kanye would trade you out. Like he would trade you for supplies. He would sell you out. He would go to the nearest humans alive and betray you. A thousand percent. No doubt in my mind that he would do that. So that's why he's in the bottom list of my celebrity zombie apocalypse team. Don't want him. Next up, we have Paris Hilton. I, okay, don't get me wrong. I saw her Netflix show, Cooking with Paris, and that was a core memory of my life. That was a good era of where me and my friend Emily would work and we'd have that on in the background and we would just watch Paris Hilton try to cook things. And she would wear these gloves and she would get marshmallows stuck to the gloves and it was so unnerving to watch, but also so peaceful and relaxing. I just don't want her on my team. She looks pretty, but what's she going to do? Bake marshmallows and get it on her gloves? She'd probably accidentally get bit and then bite me. And that's how I would die. I would die at the hands of Paris Hilton's marshmallow bloody hands. And I don't want to go out like that. There's a lot of different ways that I could go out, but not like that. Next up, we have my neutral choice here. And I this pains me to say because I love him so much and my biggest celebrity crush. So without further ado, my neutral choice is Anthony from Queer Eye. Some of you may be saying, but Wyatt, he's so strong. He's so handsome. He can cook. He's beautiful. And I say, yes, you're so correct. But Antony, can Antony really protect me from the zombies? No, he can't. He can cook and he can look pretty and I can hold him. But is he going to really protect me? No, not really. And that's okay. I don't need someone to protect me in the zombie apocalypse. I mean, would it be nice? Yeah, to have someone have my back? Yeah, absolutely. But I am a strong, independent man who don't need no man to protect me. I can do that on my own. So Antony... I do feel like would be a good choice in the in the fact that he could cook for us. I mean, we would be rationing like beef jerky, hopefully, or cans of corn or green beans. And Antony would be able to freshen it up. We'd be walking along the path and be like, oh, look, some gar- gardenias. I can throw that into the pot and we can make cabbage soup. Oh, look, we found some, some leeks. Toss that into the bobby and we can have a good little porridge, a porridge cutlet outlet soup. I'm just making up words now at this point. But anyways, regardless, he could find spices out in the wild. He could up our our food level there. He would make things taste much better. And I will say this, if it was the zombie apocalypse and it was my last resort and Antony made chili, I would think about eating it just so I could survive. But it's still, still a rough one. I really can't stomach the idea. So we have to move on to the next one. My third... Pyramid is going to be one of those where you have to think about it for a second. Ashley Tisdale. And at first, even I said, Wyatt, Ashley Tisdale? But then I said, Ashley Tisdale. She's like your girl next door that could pick up a baseball bat and go swinging. Tell me I'm wrong. Because you know in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, when she's portraying Maddie, she's amazing. And Sharpay Evans from High School Musical, you know that she has to have the confidence and the strength to shove others down if she needs to step on them. This is why Ashley Tisdale would be my third choice. I just picture her in a backwards baseball cap, a black, uh, what's it called? What's the thing where it's called when you have no sleeves? It's called a singlet in the UK. 
a tank top. I don't know why that escaped my mind. A tank top, black tank top, and a pair of ripped blue jeans with combat boots. She's slaying it. She's ki- she's killing it. She's kind of like my equivalent to Jennifer Lawrence. I feel like they would kind of be on the equal playing grounds, but I think I would get along with Ashley Tisdall much better. Next up, Viola Davis. Viola Davis, the woman king. This woman holds herself and holds her ground with such composure and stature that I would feel confident having her as the president of the United States. So if I have that much faith in a human being that I just see what they are off or on screen and I say they could be president, then they could definitely be in my zombie apocalypse surviving group. I feel like Viola would make the hard decisions. She could shoot someone if she had to. She could take out some zombies. She could set up camp. She could build things if she wanted to. She's the woman She's the woman king. So I say Viola Davis would be my second only because this, my first one, is just going to make you go, oh yeah, that makes sense. And that is Henry Cavill. Cavill? Superman. The actor who recently was just fired as Superman. But Superman, nevertheless, and also appears in one of my favorite films, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, where he has white platinum blonde hair, and there's just something about it that is incredibly charming. Anyways, he has the strength, he has the muscle, that he also has that composure of a British man. I don't know if he's British or not, but he just seems like he's British and knows what he's doing. And so I feel like in times of need, I could say, Henry, what are we doing here? And Viola would also have to say, yeah, Henry, I'm stuck. And we'd look to him and he would guide us to what chapter of the zombie apocalypse we need to go to next. It's all rationing in my brain of how how this makes sense to me. But I feel like with my top three, I'll include Anthony in there. Anthony can tag along, but I know he would be the first to die. These guys can tag along with me. However, I will not be taking Paris Hilton or Kanye West because they would get me killed. And that's that. That's my zombie apocalypse team with celebrities. I would like to hear what your zombie apocalypse celebrities would be. I want to hear your top choice. Who would you not want to be with? Do you want to be stuck with Kanye West? Do you want Paris Hilton's marshmallow hands touching your face to gently caress you to sleep each night as you cry because you're in the zombie apocalypse? I don't know. Just tell me because I'm interested to hear. All right, everyone, on to the main topic for today's episode, which I understand may not apply to everyone, but there are some little nuggets that you could take and maybe apply to your own life, even if you aren't a thespian. Yes, thespian. For those of you who do not know, a thespian is a theater person. And it's kind of a fun little joke because it sounds like lesbian almost. So lesbian, thespian. I don't know. Kind of funny. It's like a deadbeat joke. But anyways, this is for all you theater people out there because I thought it'd be kind of fun to give you my 10 tips to break a leg in the theater world. So things that I have found to be the most helpful or things that I've learned from others and like uh, directors like Jim Christian, or that's the one director I can think off at the top of my head. But Jim Christian is a big name in the theater world, and he was amazing. So the one show I was able to do with him, I learned some things. So let's start off with number one, which I feel like is the most important tip to break a leg in the theater world, how to crush those auditions, is one, respect. And uh, it sounds so stupid and cringy saying, like, respect is the number one rule, but it just so is. I'm not trying to be the teacher in the classroom that's going through, like, respect in the classroom, but genuinely, when you think about it, everything kind of just boils down to respect, about how you treat others, how you treat people in the auditions, how you treat people at callbacks, how you treat people in rehearsals or during the show. If you're a diva, you're going to get a rap for being unpleasant to work with and not fun to work with. And I have met many, many a divas in my day. And they aren't fun to work with. So just respecting is that honest, basic 
thing of like respecting someone else's time. When a director's talking, don't talk over them. Try to be on time. I know everyone has mistakes happen, but try to be on time. I always try to get there to theater or anything early just so I could be ready to go, respecting that time. And same thing with other actors. Everyone has a life. I mean, I get it. Some people are diehard theater fans, but for those of us who are just doing it as a hobby or something fun to do, something to to entertain us out of the house for a minute, it's it's something that we can enjoy. So when people are making it uh, a place where we can't have fun and it's just becoming a a place that is filled with gossip or drama, then you're taking away the whole the whole magic of theater. So tip number one is just respect. It's, it's a, You don't have to love every person you're in a show with. By all means, I do not love every person I'm in a show with, but I can at least try to make it where I respect everyone, where it's a respectful ground of, even though I may not get along with certain people, that it's not going to cause a scene. It, no one would ever know. We're just kind to each other. We respect each other. And that's that. Number two taking and giving notes. So this is my little my little spiel here about, about notes because it's one of my biggest pet peeves anytime I do a show. When people, so for those of you who aren't theater people, after you do a run of the show, uh, you, you know, you perform, you do it for the directors, they'll sit you down and they usually give you notes. Now, notes are just the feedback that they have about what we can improve, what needs to change. And notes can either be the best things or the worst things because people sometimes get in the habit of when they get a note. So for example, if the director said, why I need you to go, I need you to go stage left instead of stage right. You did something weird this time. And then I decided to fight back. about, oh no, I only went stage left because I went stage right the first time and someone was in my way. That's going to drag out notes. And that's something that makes me instantly hate you because when you get a note, I got this from Jim Christian, my, my first show with him is when you get a note, you just say, thank you. And you move on. If you have anything that you need to discuss, you can go talk to the director afterwards, but during notes, don't take anyone else's time. Just say, thank you, next. That makes it so everyone can go home a lot faster, that things are just smoother. Everyone makes mistakes. So yeah, maybe you made a mistake this time. You don't need to defend yourself. It's just a feedback that the director gave you. Thank you, next, and it's perfect. Same thing, feedback here too, is giving notes to other actors. Actors should not give other actors notes. That's another big pet peeve. If there's something that's truly not working, you tell the director, say, hey, there's just something that's going a little bit wonky here. You don't tell another actor to do something. Because all the actors are on the same playing field. I don't care if you're a lead or ensemble. If you are an actor, you are on the same playing field as everyone else. That doesn't make you any better than anyone else. So if you don't give another actor notes. I feel like this kind of applies more to girls in theater do this to other girls in theater. Sometimes boys too. I mean, I feel like sometimes the boys are just like, all right, whatever. But the girls, they can get really mean to other girls about this. So ladies, ladies of theater, be nice to one another. Number three. Pre-auditions. I don't know what it is about this mentality in Utah, but when you are auditioning for a show, most of the time on the on the audition sheet, it will say, I will, I will accept any role or I will only take this role. I have heard from so many different people that they're like, no matter what, you should always just put, I will accept any role, even if you won't, because otherwise it looks like you're being stuck up. And at first I used to believe that, especially in high school. So I'd put that just because I was like, well, I don't want to be considered stuck up. And then I started to do more in theater outside of high school. And I was like, no, this is so stupid. Why would I say I would take any role when I'm not? Like, I don't I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste their time. So if I'm not going to be considered for, for the lead or for this part that I really want, then just cut me. And if people have the mentality that if someone says, I will only take this role, then change that mentality. We're just trying to not waste your time and waste our time either. I think it's I think it's such a stupid thing to have that backwards 
I don't, I don't, I can't think of the word, but to have that mindset of, well, if they choose to not audition for everything, then they are stuck up. No, it's just meaning they value their time and they want to, they want to get this one role or it's, it's not worth it to them. And that's okay because theaters don't really pay actors here in Utah unless it's Hale, but other theaters really don't pay. And if, even if they do, it's not worth the pay, but like you could ask any actor, no one does it for the pay. Also, can I just share my bonus tip for auditioning for things? When you are filling out your conflict calendar, so giving them the dates that you wouldn't be available for rehearsal, I always like to add in a few just scattered out dates for my mental health days because I know that I, in the future, I will get burnt out. If I'm doing the show, if I'm there five days, six days, sometimes even a week, then I'm going to get burnt out and I'm going to hate it. So what I do to try to prevent this is I'll give like three or four dates of where I'll be like, I can't be at rehearsal these days. And I don't have anything going on. It's just me watching out for future Wyatt and like, oh, Wyatt's going to struggle here during this week. So I'm going to give him just a day off where he can be alone. And that's perfect because then you don't have to call out because that's the worst thing is when someone does schedule around your conflicts and then you have to call out. That's messing up everyone's timeline. But this way, you could just be like, all right, I'm going to have these times set aside. And then that way I know I can have a rest day and it's not affecting anyone else's schedule. It's a perfect little win-win for everyone here. Tip number four can be applied to both auditions and to while acting on the stage like during performance or during, not performances, but during rehearsals. But I would say more specifically during the auditions, and that is to make choices. So many times after seeing, after being to so many auditions, I see people tend to get stuck in this rut of they will read, they will read a certain way over and over and over again, doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. Like it was maybe what you did was funny the first time, but then the second time I was like, okay. Then third time you did it, it, everyone was expecting it. It was dry. So one of the best things you can do to stand out in an audition is make choices. So if you read a scene and you did great, perfect. Try it differently the next time. Make a choice that no one else is making. And even if the directors are hating it, then they can at least see like, okay, they tried something new. They can at least be coachable. They can be flexible. They can try new things on their own because that's what actors should be is they should be almost modeling clay. They should be able to give a presentation of what it could be. And then the director can help form that creation. So that is my, that is one of my best tips for auditions is to make choices that no one else is making. Number five, you can probably dance. If you are like me, I've always had the mentality that I can't dance. And while I know I'm not the best dancer out there, I actually need to give myself some credit because I work hard to make sure that I can get some dances done. And I had this wonderful friend named JC. And JC, uh, when I would dance with her, she always made me feel like I could dance. No matter no matter my skill level, no matter what the dance was, she would encourage me to, to keep trying and she'd, she'd say, I could dance. So I think that was just kind of a really cool thing to take with me. And when I've been teaching the kids at my at my Hopebox show theater <laughs> theater group, I've been teaching them. I've I've been saying, you know, you may not be the best dancer, but if you work hard, you can get these moves. You can hit it with power. You can have tension. You can show it in your faces. Like that's that's a whole other side to dancing too. Like anyone, I guess I shouldn't say anyone. A lot of people can get the moves, but not everyone can hold the power. Not everyone could look. Uh, entertaining or look happy or look fierce, look angry while they're dancing. And that's a whole other added layer to dance, at least in musical theater. So what I say is you probably can dance. So if you're struggling, just have the mentality of like, okay, I can do it. Flip that mindset of saying, I can dance, I can dance. Because if you're working against yourself, that's not going to help. 
Number seven, take your wins and your losses. This goes for in any process of auditions and basically in life. In life, this sounds so stupid as a 24-year-old telling this to others, but in life, you will have some wins. So you will have those moments of when the crowd cheers for you because you just hit the high note, you crushed it, you were amazing, you landed the dance, you got the girl, you did everything right. And then you'll have other nights where your voice cracks or you forget a line, you drop a line, you drop a prop and break it on stage in front of 100 plus people like I did. You will have those moments and it's just kind of okay to know like it's going to pass. And that's it's kind of good for both to know of you know, with your wins, celebrate them. That's great to celebrate them by, I'm not saying don't celebrate them by any means, but also just know you're probably going to do something better than hitting a high note on stage. There's, it's just probably going to happen. You'll probably have something better in your life than worrying about missing a line. And so with that being said, theater is amazing because it has those highs and lows. And sometimes we can get wrapped up in such that, in such instant gratification that the audience is loving us or they hate, or they hate us. I feel like most of the time, audience will just walk away and be like, oh, that was a good show, and then never for never remember anything about it, unless you gave an outstanding performance or you gave a terribly, terribly bad performance. So honestly, if you're falling right in the middle, don't worry about it. You're doing okay. They'll forget about you soon. I mean, honestly, I've seen a lot of shows. There's only one show in particular that I can remember being completely, completely awful. Like, I wish I could have left the entire time, but there's, there's just one show, probably out of over 50 that I can think of of where, yeah, that was a bad show. And I still actively will laugh at it to this day. Number seven, I actually can't take credit for this, for this tip either. I got it off of TikTok, but it was just such a cute one. So sometimes when you are running a show, you are doing the same thing over and over and over again, sometimes for weeks or months at a time. So it can kind of be a little bit tough, but I saw this really cool TikTok about finding a gym each night that you perform. So finding a new way to connect with your character, finding something beautiful within a show each night. And if you are constantly searching for those gyms while you're performing, then you are never going to run out of run out of that sparkle. You're never going to get bored because you're always trying to find something new with your show. And if we get into this burnout routine of doing the same thing over and over and over again, then it's going to be boring for you. It's going to be boring for others. And it's not going to be as fun. But if you take the time to be like, okay, what about this song do I really love? Is there a lyric that I've not just I've just not paid attention to yet? And finding those gems truly will make your whole experience better because then you have something to look forward to. Like, I wonder what I'm going to find tomorrow. Or maybe you can find even two gems in one day. Number eight is kind of a given to me, but sometimes people just don't know. And that is to bond with your cast. The best shows have the best cast camaraderie, I would say, because you can be able, it sounds corny and cheesy, but it's just so true. If you can count on your castmates to have your back off stage and on stage, there's just going to be this natural magic that you guys all can share. I hate that I'm using the theater magic terms. It's so gross to me. Ugh. You are going to have just something really special because you're in a show for with these people for months and then all of a sudden it's gone. So take the time to get to know your castmates. Take the time to ask them how their day was because there are some of these friendships that you will take away from these shows and have lifelong friendships with as, as I have some of mine. But there are, are also some of them that you're just going to be show friends and that's okay too. I've, once the show is over, like you can keep in contact every now and then on social media saying hello or liking their posts, but that's about it. So take the time to get to know your cast, have fun with them. If you are having a 
hard time with choreography, get them together and go get some pizza and go practice at a park. I did this in West Side Story mainly because I just wanted friends. I didn't need really help with learning the dance because I could do it by myself. I just wanted to be around people. So I tricked them into saying, come hang out with me at the park and I'll get you pizza. That's also a great way to make friends. It's just bring food to food to rehearsals and everyone will be your best friend. So bond with your cast. That is tip number eight. Tip number nine, take accountability. This one can kind of go hand in hand with the thank you next note policy, but I feel like it just needs to be explicitly screamed out loud for some people. If you mess up a line or if you forget a dance step or if you sing off key, own it. Just own it. Don't try to blame it on someone else. Don't try to blame it on other outside forces. Just be like, yeah, I messed up tonight. And that's okay. Mistakes happen. But when you're blaming when you're blaming outside forces, when you're blaming the song, or even worse, if you're blaming castmates or if you're blaming production crew for, for your mess up, because granted, there are some times when castmates do mess things up for you or production crew does mess things up for you. But if it is your mess up, take accountability for it. It goes for everyone. Don't try to make excuses. Don't try to explain yourself into a, into it out of a hole. Just say, yep, I did it and move on. Like I said, go thank you next, but just very explicitly, if you make a mistake, be accountable for it. Own it. Number 10, rehearse, rehearse. I say this with all honesty. Rehearsing is kind of the worst, not going to lie. When you have to constantly go from a job, a day job into rehearsal, then back to sleep, it's kind of like an endless cycle sometimes, and you can feel so burnt out. But when you have the extra time, rehearsing does do wonders. When you can take that extra time and learn a dance or practice a dance, practice a song, practice your lines, be memorized on lines, it helps out so much. And it doesn't have to be full out. That's something I learned recently from my friend Brielle. So shout out to my friend Brielle because she taught me that you can practice your dances while you are brushing your teeth. How genius is that? You should brush your teeth at least twice a day. So that's at least twice a day that you can practice a dance in your mind and go through it because you got at least two minutes to brush your teeth and you can go through your dance. It doesn't have to be full out. doesn't have to be big, but just a little simple walkthrough and that's going to help you remember. So kind of a cool little tip I learned from my friend Brielle. Like I said, all these tips I've either have been taught from directors or other actors. I have seen other people making the mistakes and I said, I'm not going to do that one or I have learned from myself because I made the mistake and I have learned from it since then. So all of these tips, take with a grain of salt or throw them out the window. I don't care. You could completely hate these and that's okay too. However, I have found them to be helpful in my life. So I try to carry them through. So these would be my 10 tips to break a leg on stage. I know a lot of you that listen are theater people and I felt like this could be helpful for those of you who are just trying out to see if theater is your thing. Maybe you can even apply it into your non-theater life for those non-thespians out there because non-thespians, you can probably still dance too because I don't know what it is, but people who don't like theater are usually the best people at theater and it's most it's the most infuriating thing that the, the good actors and good singers, the good dancers are like, yeah, the stage just isn't for me, but then they can whip out Wicked at karaoke and sing it amazingly. It's It's so maddening. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it and you liked it a lot, please make sure to leave a review on the podcast on Apple Music or whatever you listen to. It helps out the podcast. If you would love to share it on social media, I will give you a shout out on my podcast for the next episode. And until next time, I'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.